I'm Zoe Chase. I'm down here on the River Moss in the Maastricht, Netherlands, where people, when they have a little time off, some time to hang out, they like to get high, like this guy. My name's uh, Julian de Vries. Right now, I'm smoking a joint. <laughs> Every backpacker and college student knows about Holland's famously lax laws on marijuana. You can light up along the river and no one will bother you. You can buy a small amount of pot in certain stores known as coffee shops. The mayor of Maastricht, Onohus, says this famous legal quirk of the Netherlands, it's all a holdover from a simpler time. It was all started uh, about 40 years ago for, for some Dutch people who like to have a little bit more freedom and to smoke it and the type of, of the hippies and, 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 and the hair musical, let's, let's say, that, that way. And that was nice. That, that was very local. But it's hard to keep something so nice a secret. You're going to attract more than just the locals. You know, Zoe, they like the marijuana on this side of the border, too. I'm Robert Smith here in Liege, Belgium. And the problem is it's not legal in Belgium to smoke marijuana. And so on weekends and evenings, Belgians used to stream across the border into Maastricht looking to get high in the city's coffee shops. The name of our city is synonym for cannabis. And this is where the trouble started. Because Maastricht occupies a special place on the continent, right in the heart of northern Europe. It's right next to Belgium, a short drive away from France and Germany. That's why Maastricht is the place the European Union was born, right? The document that everyone signed 20 years ago that created the euro, it's called the Maastricht Treaty. But having its name on the founding document had this unexpected consequence in the city. All the news coverage from that time just happened to mention all these coffee shops where it was legal to buy pot. So you can imagine people all over Europe, they're tuning in to see this historic moment, signing of the Maastricht Treaty in Belgium and France and Germany. They're watching the TV and they see the pictures of this beautiful little town on the river with winding medieval streets, kind of French, a little German. And then they see that pot is legal and it's easy to get. Now, of course, once everyone had euros and the borders were wide open, Maastricht was no longer just a place where they signed a document. It was this chill place to go to these little coffee shops by the river and get high. Everybody was happy. Yeah, except the mayor, Ono Hus. He decided he was going to make it stop. Uh, I don't like people who especially come in, who only come in to, uh, uh, to buy cannabis. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Zoe Chase. And I'm Robert Smith. Today's show... The place where the European dream was born has its own problems, living up to that dream in practice. So you have a united continent, one currency, open borders, and only one legal place to get this very popular commodity. And the mayor of Maastricht, Onohus, says you can imagine what happened. In the past, uh, two and a half uh, to three million visitors just for the cannabis, and more than 60% of them came from uh, outside the country, most of them from Germany, most of them from, from Belgium and France. Remember those clean, quiet, European cobblestone streets of Maastricht, the beautiful promenade by the river, those quaint cafes? They were mobbed. And the mayor says pot smokers make for lousy tourists. He says they just sit in their cars and smoke. They don't go to the museums. They don't appreciate the architecture. He says they park illegally. They can't follow traffic signs. They litter. And the mayor says the pot smokers bring another element into the city. Sellers of hard drugs, he claims, would wait by the border and they flag down drug tourists as they come in. 
He tells these stories about these drug dealers who would actually wait for a traffic jam and toss cell phones into the cars with a phone number that says, call me, call me if you want hard drugs. So in other words, drug dealers beget more drug dealers. And so last May, the smokers over there in Belgium were in for a surprise. They crossed the border. They stopped at the first coffee shop over the bridge into the city. Yeah, I made the pilgrimage up this windy European street. There's a, an H&M nearby. There's a bar, a cafe, a little furniture store. And then there it is, the cannabis shop, the coffee shop. It has this cool American name, as they all do. It's called Easy Going. There's nobody here. They've pulled the curtains. And in four languages, they have the sign up, temporarily closed. This place is closed because the mayor of Maastricht did something that would be totally inconceivable on a state border here in the U.S. He put through this new law that said foreigners were no longer allowed to enter the coffee shops. So the free trade that the euro is supposed to bring, it doesn't apply to smoking pot. Yeah, imagine if you went to a bar somewhere and the bartender asked for ID and you give it to him and then he says, yeah, I'm sorry, we would love to sell you a gin and tonic, except you're from New Jersey. And this... This is New York. A bunch of coffee shops closed in protest. They thought it was ridiculous. You don't have to show a passport at the international border, but now you have to show your passport at the entrance to the cannabis shops. We tracked down the owner of the easygoing shop. His name is Mark Hosemans. And he was protesting in sort of a uniquely Dutch manner. He decided that instead of operating his cannabis shop, he was going to protest out on a boat in the middle of a lake somewhere in Holland. We reached him via Skype. Well, uh, as it should in Holland, it's raining, uh, and it's beautiful water around me, all around me. Sounds nicer than being stuck in a coffee shop. Yes, uh, for, for the moment it certainly is. Closing his shop wasn't just a principled stand for this guy, because coffee shops can't make money anymore. Hoseman says that the foreigners accounted for 93% of his customers. So he says, with all the talk of one Europe, right, of bailing each other out of financial crisis, Holland was killing the dream. We have to help Spanish banks with surviving and Greece banks and so on and so on. But the funny thing is that only our money is allowed to go to the Spanish banks, but the Spanish pot smokers are not allowed to come to the Dutch coffee shops anymore. He complained about this other thing, too, and he was really mad about it. The new law requires the Dutch people, the ones who can legally smoke pot in the coffee shops, to become members. So you have to register with a coffee shop. You have to put your name on this official list. It's like a yacht club or something like that. Yeah, this didn't go over well with Dutch pot smokers, who obviously value their privacy. I remember that smoker we met at the top down by the river, De Vries? He's actually from Holland. In fact, he was smoking just meters from an official coffee shop. So are you a member of a coffee shop? No. Why not? It's, uh, I don't want my name to, uh, to be registered uh, for anything like that. You don't want it to be registered with the government? Yeah. It's like saying, I'm an official drug user. Yeah, yeah something like that, yeah. So with no foreigners allowed, the Dutch are wary of putting their names on this list. There's only a couple coffee shops left that are managing to stay open. And we found one. This is the Mississippi. And at first we thought, oh, they're just stealing another American name. But no, it's actually a barge in the river. They said they wanted to find a paddle boat, but they, they couldn't actually afford one. But you walk up this little gangplank and you duck inside the old wooden boat. And there's this guy at the front. He's checking your passport or he's checking his meager, short list of Dutch names. 
Inside, it reminded me a little bit of a casino. You know, kind of cute, kind of grimy, smoky, wooden dive bar. There's little round windows, boat details, that kind of thing. There's only a few people milling around inside this place. Yeah, we grabbed one of them on his way out, one of the Dutch customers, and he was not happy about this new law. In English? Yes. Bullshit. (laughs) Robert and I are invited in by the owner, Stefan Korsten. He's chain-smoking, and... Whenever he takes his sunglasses off, he looks totally stoned underneath. But it is kind of hard to tell because it's so smoky. Yeah, I don't think he was stoned. I, I think he was just sad. He just sort of sat there sulking. So in the, in the day, maybe 30, 40 people come inside the, the shops. And before, it used to be 1,500 a day. So I think I have to close my, my place in the future because we, we lose money every day. What will happen to this boat? Uh, maybe I have to change it to a real coffee shop where you can drink coffee and uh, and eat some <laughs> some donuts or something. Change it to a Starbucks. Change it to a Starbucks. Maybe I thought about this. Really, really. Wait, really? Yeah. We wanted to see the drugs, so we went up to the bar, and all the weed is stacked in these little Tupperwares on top of each other kind of behind the bar near the cash register. There's a chalkboard right over, and it has all the prices on it of the different kinds. And just a basic joint costs about the same as a basic beer. It's a couple euros. Yeah, it looks a little more illegal than I guess it it used to be before the law went into effect. Business used to be so good at the Mississippi that he used to have all the pots sitting out, sort of buffet style, like this whole marijuana smorgasbord for customers to pick between. But now... He has to keep the tops on so the weed doesn't dry out. All the names are written in Sharpie on top. What, what, are, the, what are the different types you have here? This one's called Buddha. What's that one called? Uh, this is lemon. Lemon. Let me see. Yeah, it smells like a little citrus. Yep. You have uh, Nepal. What's this called? Krenz. Uh, this, is, this is from uh, Morocco. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Hashish. Yeah. Sorry, foreigners, none for you, which also means none for us, intrepid reporters that we are. Corson says this whole new regime reminds him of the bad old days before the euro. So if you think about a border town like Maastricht, they used to suffer all the problems in the old Europe first. Like when these places were fighting each other, a town like this was the first stop in an invasion. The tanks rolled over into a place like Maastricht first. And these kind of towns, they were filled with smugglers and illegal activity. The countries were so close to each other that Corson says his grandparents used to sneak butter across the river in a boat like this one. Since Maastricht has, in some ways, reverted back to the days of closed borders, a workaround has developed, a workaround that would make Corsten's grandparents proud. So Belgians, they still come over the border. They still have euros in their hand. They're still looking for drugs. But now they skip the coffee shops. They go someplace else. They go to a source that's more familiar to those of us in the United States. Ganja boys in the building. Holland, Maastricht. Getting that paper, you know what I say? You know, we thought it would be difficult to find your friendly neighborhood (laughs) drug dealer in Maastricht. But you know what? You know Ganja boy when you see him. We walked along the river mere meters from one of the coffee shops, and there he was, sprawled back on a park bench by the river, grinning his head off. 
Bill, buku, buku, buku money, big money. <laughs> I noticed your phone keeps ringing. Yes. That's the money. Screw <laughs> <laughs> Now that the coffee shops are closed and you have somebody like Ganja Boy coming in, he's not paying the taxes that the coffee shops had to pay. And now that the coffee shops are closing more and more, he says he has no trouble getting his supply. Like has happened for centuries in border towns, like he is using this conflict to its full advantage. You have Dutch people that buy, people from other countries, everyone. Grandmas. Yes, grandmas. Yes. Uh-huh. They do that too. I see it myself. And not for 50 euros, but 200 once a week. So I like that. In some ways, everything seems to be working out the way that the mayor, Ono Hus, wanted it to. The streets of Maastricht, they seem pretty quiet. We saw plenty of parking. I did not see a piece of litter anywhere in the place. And clearly, if you still want to get high, you can just go to people like Ganja Boy. He even passes some of his savings on to you. He claims he's cheaper than the coffee shops used to be. The coffee shops are the losers in all of this. They will probably all close. They're losing a ton of money. They are challenging the new law in court, and perhaps a judge will rule that it is discriminatory for one country to say, we have all the pot and you can't have it, to bogart that joint just for your citizens. We'll have to see how that turns out. And we asked the mayor of Maastricht, so are you happy now? You get what you wanted? And he said, no, of course not. Like, remember, he is the mayor of Maastricht. Maastricht is a special city in Europe. It's the place where the European Union was born. And the dream of the European Union, it matters to him. Achieving the dream doesn't mean banning pot smoking. He's not an anti-pot guy. He, in fact, believes the opposite, that everyone should have the rights that Holland has. If we have possibilities to have uh, uh, also uh, uh, legal cannabis shops in Belgium, France, Germany, all around Europe, then we can solve the problem. Because then when you are living in Marseille or Paris or, or Brussels or whatever, wherever, then you can just buy it on the corner. What's happening in Maastricht, this is the problem with the euro, just writ small. Every country says, we know how to achieve this dream of European unity. Just all the other countries in the euro be more like us. The Germans want every country to have German fiscal policy. The French want all the countries to have generous worker protections that are so French. And Holland wants everyone to get high. And meanwhile, all the other countries say, no, 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 no. No, we want to do it our way, not your way. This is the current struggle that is playing out in Europe right now. They're sort of deciding border by border, region by region, case by case, what works and what doesn't. In Holland, in Maastricht, the dream looks like this. Either everyone smokes everywhere or no one does. You know, so I think the European Central Bank might want to look into this as a possible solution. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. As always, we want to hear what you thought of the show today. Send us an email, planetmoney at npr.org. Find us on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And we especially wanted to thank our summer intern, Nico, for all of his hard work during these few months. He helped us a lot with the Europe podcast and with many other of the things you heard. Good luck out there, Nico. I'm Robert Smith. Scrap! <laughs> I'm Zoe Chase. Thank you for listening. No scrap? Because I got Because I got Because I got Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Uh. I was going to go to court before I got high. Uh.
Uh, I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. Uh, they took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high.